Good morning. Good morning. Okay, I just want to be sure that you're awake out there, all righty? It's too early to go to sleep. David has not started yet. <laughs> no, we want to welcome you to our service this morning. And we're here to praise the Lord, so let's stand up and let's sing together. <clears throat>
have been so, so good to me For I took breath, you breathed your life in me You have been so, so kind to me I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God your foe, still your love fought for me. You have been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. No shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down.
thank Ben for doing not only sound, but what you see on the screen today, Jeannie's out of town and Ben's doing double duty and Shelby, Ben, thank you very much for that. So I looked back at a journal that I keep. Ten years ago this week, I wrote down about an experience that I had. And I quote, I reached rock bottom this past week. It was Thursday afternoon, about three o'clock, Columbus, Indiana. Fair Oaks Mall, Elder Beerman, the cosmetics department. I bought makeup for my wife. I didn't want to do it. I love my wife, but this was just too much to ask. There are unwritten rules in marriage. Jeannie crossed the line. I went to the counter and explained my situation. I swore it was for my wife and not for me. I handed Carol, and I wrote down her name, my written instructions, like a prescription to a pharmacist. I was at the wrong counter. (laughs) Evidently, the Sherwin-Williams booth does not sell Benjamin Moore. So I made it to the right counter. I went through it all again. I didn't know what I was buying. I handed the note. I did not want to know what I was buying. Just put it in a plain sack and let me be on my way. I love my wife, so I did this for her. I didn't like it, but I did it. That was 10 years ago. And I remember it vividly. (laughs) Through extensive therapy, I've recovered from... The incident of 09. (laughs) Marriage is a funny thing. It can make us both very comfortable and very uncomfortable. True? It can. That day at the cosmetics counter was uncomfortable for me. There are a lot of things that can make us comfortable and uncomfortable. A cruise ship makes some people comfortable. Anybody comfortable on a cruise ship? A lot of you. Anybody uncomfortable on a cruise ship? A few of us, yes. You know, every time I try to get on a diet, it seems like there's a crew. It's, it's, It's uncomfortable being on a floating buffet when you're on a diet. When I sleep, I I was at my brother's house this weekend at Lake Oconee and went to visit with them and Jeannie got me this sleep mask because when light hits the window, I'm awake. If it's light, I'm awake. And this sleep mask made me sleep longer. Some of us want a perfectly pitch black room. You like the dark? I'm comfortable in the dark. Some people, when the grandkids are there in our room, it's like, Atlanta Airport, where they want all the lights on that we could leave on. And some people are comfortable with dark, others are uncomfortable. Some people are comfortable with guns. I have friends that won't go anywhere without one. They're very comfortable with one. And I know some people that don't want them in the house. Makes them uncomfortable. Dogs. Some people love dogs. They love them so much they take them everywhere they go. Some people are very uncomfortable with that. 
or with dogs in general. A baby. Some people are so comfortable with babies and then there's others that, you know, no. You want to hold it? No. <sighs> you want to take care of it? No. There, there are some people that are just that way with them. You get the picture. Doesn't our faith make us both comfortable and uncomfortable? It should, and it does. Today we're going to look at some amazing words Jesus spoke from the cross, and they'll make us comfortable and uncomfortable. Before we look, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, today that we get to look at your word. Thank you for faith that challenges and changes and motivates us. Thank you that Christianity is not a lullaby that rocks us to sleep and prepares us for death, but it's a, a revelly call to wake us up and get us going. So do that as we look at your word that will make us comfortable and uncomfortable. In Jesus' name, amen. We're in Luke chapter 23. Jesus is on the cross. So there's the setting. Two others also who were criminals, were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leader scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you're king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God since you're under the same sentence of condemnation? And we, we indeed have been condemned justly. We're getting what we deserve for our deeds, but this man's done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's one amazing request, isn't it? What nerve this thief has, Jesus Remember me when you come into this, your kingdom. The man deserved his punishment. He deserved to die. He said it himself in verse 41. We indeed have been condemned justly for what we are getting, what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. He's innocent, but I'm guilty. And now he asks a favor of Jesus. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Maybe it's this man's first prayer. Maybe he'd never prayed before. Why did he do it? Maybe he was motivated by what Jesus said earlier. Verse 34 is where we go next in Luke 23. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to provide his clothing. Maybe that is what motivated him when he saw Jesus forgive Maybe he thought, if he can forgive them, the soldiers that are driving the nails and the people that spat upon him and the people that screamed at him, if he can forgive them, maybe I've got a shot. The only thing more outlandish 
than this request by this thief who deserved what he got. The only thing more outlandish than the request was that it was granted. I wish I was telling you the story for the first time, but you know it. Verse 43, he replied, Jesus, to the thief, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. He who deserved hell got heaven. What did he do to deserve this? Nothing but ask. We call this grace. And grace makes us comfortable when it's for us. God loves me and we get comfortable and we love it and we're so thankful. But sometimes it makes us uncomfortable when it's for them. Those other people. Go back to that day, let me explain what I mean, 2,000 years ago. What about the families of the victims of this man on the cross? You think people came to that show that day to watch him die and get what he deserved? He stole from me. He attacked my son. He attacked my daughter. He attacked my parents. Whatever he did, maybe he hurt them and he wronged them. And did those people hear Jesus say, today you'll be with me in paradise? How could they deal with that information? Wait a minute, we wanted him to go somewhere else. They had to be uncomfortable. And you know what I mean if you watch the news. Watch the evening news. People talk about someone that is captured or caught for what they've done to their family or their loved ones. And families of victims demand vengeance, and I understand that. And so I get comfortable and I get uncomfortable with grace. Remember Jeffrey Dahmer? Remember that name from the news? He killed and cannibalized 17 young men at least. And in November of 1994, Jeffrey Dahmer was killed in prison. And I remember thinking when I found out he was killed in prison, like we all would think, well. But later I heard that when he was in prison, he had a religious conversion. He was baptized in the prison whirlpool. The prison chaplain said that Dahmer was one of the most faithful worshipers that he'd ever had. Is that a good thing? You comfortable? You uncomfortable? Does Jeffrey Dahmer deserve heaven? No, but neither do I, and neither do you. But it's a wonderful gift of a loving God that looks past our messes. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 puts it this way. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It's the gift of God. Not the result of work so that no one can boast. And so sometimes along our journey, something happens maybe to someone else that maybe gives us a little twitch and makes us wonder. A familiar example is found in Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 11. You know the story very well. Jesus said there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of your property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. 
few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he'd spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hands have bread enough to spare and to spare, but here I'm dying of hunger. I'll get up, go to my father, and I'll say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. And he ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. And then the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. The father said to his slaves, quickly bring out a robe, the best one. Put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Get the fatted calf, kill it. And let's eat and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. It was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. And it's a wonderful story. And we all love it, don't we? How could you not be happy for this? This is a great example of grace. Everyone's got to be thrilled at this party, don't they? Let's keep reading. Verse 25. Now his elder son was in the field. The older brother that stayed home and worked while the younger one went out and went hog wild. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked, what's going on? He replied, your brother has come home. Your father's killed the fatted calf because he got him back safe and sound. He's come home, has he? And there's a party. And his blood pressure is going up. He's not happy with this at all. Verse 28 says he became angry and refused to go in. Dad gets the news and his father came out and began to plead with him. He answered, Father, listen. For all of these years, I've been working like a slave for you. I've never disobeyed your command Yet you've given, never given me even a young goat so that I can celebrate with my friends. I doubt he had a lot of friends and it had been a very small goat. But anyway, that's a different story. But when this son of yours comes back, who's devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. His father said to him, son, you're always with me. All that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. And the father's right. But part of me understands the older brother. And that's what my faith does. It makes me comfortable and uncomfortable. In June of 1990, a couple reserved the ballroom at the Hyatt downtown Boston for their wedding reception months down the road. The works 30 years ago cost $13,000. It's changed. It's more than that now. But they had ordered the china and the crystal and the flowers and the food and the band, and they'd given their deposit half down, $6,500 to secure the deal. 
after the announcements were sent out, the groom backed out. The jilted bride went to the Hyatt for a refund. No refund. The contract was binding. So she had a choice. Lose 6500 or pay another 6500 and throw a party. That's what she did. Ten years before this wedding that did not happen, the bride had been homeless. And so instead of losing the 6500 she paid the balance and invited the homeless to the party. She changed the menu to boneless chicken in honor of the groom that did not show. That's <laughs> what I read. So the guests came from rescue missions and from homeless shelters and off the street and in they came and the waiters in Boston in their tuxes were not very comfortable with the riffraff that came into the Hyatt that night. Her grace made the homeless comfortable and the rest of them uncomfortable. If we're not careful, we will love grace for us and we'll cringe at grace for them. Let me share a little secret with you. There are no them. Turn to your neighbor and say, there are no them. We need to understand that Christ died for the whole world. Every one of them. And we need to get comfortable with grace for all. So give Jesus to the dying thieves around you. Because they need him. Let's pray. Lord, it is our prayer that we all know you. And if that is answered, then it is our prayer that all of us want others to know you. All others, for there are no them. Help us to reach out to a lost and dying world. No matter how uncomfortable it makes us. Make us so comfortable with grace for all that that's all we think about. Father, bless each one in this room. They all have a unique mission field wherever they go. Wherever they go, remind them to take grace and to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. God bless you this week as you take grace to the world around you.